It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 363 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. Thank you, everyone, for being here. On this Monday, March 13th, 2023, a lot of stuff going on. Dominican Republic, what a game that was earlier today. Manny, Soto, Luis Garcia contributing to that win. Adrian Morajone update, Joe Musgrove update, Drew Pomerantz update, Luis Camposano update. Hassan Kim and Team Korea, they are done in the WBC. An update on how that last game went. Uh, maybe not an update, but like a reaction to that last game and then Padres Giants that's what we're that's where we're going to start Padres lost 11-9 to the Giants who cares what the score is like I say pretty much every time after talking about the spring training score every time I mention it who cares it's spring training uh but what I took away from this game was mostly positives from the offensive side of things Tim Lopes continues to rake that guy he's almost hitting 500 this spring. I tweeted it out earlier today what he's actually hitting this spring. 467 after his RBI single, two RBI single, excuse me, in the second inning. 467 on the spring. So if there's, you know, 
if there was like a, a manual of, okay, how can you make a big league roster? How can you force your way onto a big league roster? Part of that would be to just rake in spring training and make the media ask the manager questions about you and make the coaching staff continue to talk about you and continue to put you in the lineup. And that's what has happened with Tim Lopes. This isn't like they're putting him in the lineup because they don't have the players, which that's kind of the case, but that's that's not the reason that they're putting him in there. Like he's earning these at-bats. And so I'm impressed by what I'm seeing from Tim Lopes. Do I think he's going to make the opening day roster? I do not. But I'm still impressed by him. And this is like the first real time I've seen Tim Lopes play consistently. And I'm going to continue watching him and or at least following along with what he does in El Paso, assuming that he doesn't make the opening day roster. Uh, I think Odor probably has a little bit better of a chance with his experience being a lefty bat, I think that will help him. I, I don't think Odor will make the roster. He could. I still think it'll be Brandon Dixon because he can play outfield and infield, be that last infielder. And they have Matt Carpenter as a lefty, technically as a bench player, but he'll DH some as well. Cruz on the bench. I think they want versatility there in that bench infield spot. Someone that will play, that can play like second, can play third. And Dixon can play the outfield as well. So that's how I think they're going to go with it. But Tim Lopes, man, props to him for his spring training so far. Offensively, another good sign was Fernando Tatis Jr. Yeah, he struck out a couple times. Shamanaya, I mean, I thought he looked pretty good today. Starting for the San Francisco Giants. I was thinking when he was striking out Fernando a couple times, swinging on a breaking ball, and then he struck out Fernando looking on a fastball that looked like he was upper 90s. I know it's the beginning of the year, but I was sitting there thinking, man, so now Manaya chooses to not be lazy and he, and you know, like, what if we had this Manaya in game four last year in the NLCS against the Phillies? What would have happened there? Because he pitched fine the first inning, but the second inning, what if we had today's Sean Manaya on the mound and not the Sean Manaya that we got who got smashed off of in that second inning that he went out there? in game four of the NLCS when Hoskins and I think Harper just hitting balls to the gap, hitting homers off of him. What if we got this version of Manaya then? You know, it makes you wonder. It's another one of those what ifs, right? A, the what if, obviously, with Fernando, what if he was on the team? What would have changed in that series? What if Manaya pitched better in that second inning? What if Mike Clevenger didn't start the game? And it was Nick Martinez, and Nick Martinez probably would have gotten at least one out. At least I think he would have. He probably would have gotten through that first inning uh, without giving up as many runs as Clevenger did. And the Padres would have had a lead, a bigger lead, I would think, going into when Manaya was in the game. And instead of it being, I think it was 6-4 when Manaya left, I could be wrong on that, but I think that's what it was. Maybe it would have been 4-4 or 4-3 instead of 6-4. But look, that, that's just what-ifs, right? We're kind of wasting our time talking about that. But that was just in my mind watching Sean pitch today. Uh, so Tati struck out in his first at-bat, struck out looking in the second at-bat. But then he had an RBI single to left, hit pretty hard. And this was his first game back, right? 
first game back after the knee issue yesterday. So, yeah, obviously, because they didn't play two games yesterday. So he was dealing with the knee issue, right? Like the knee bruised yesterday a little bit the le- on those left knee because they were just being precautionary. Clevenger threw over, and Tatis dove back. I guess the ball hit his knee. I did not see that, but I guess that's what happened. And so he sat out. He was never supposed to be scheduled to be in the lineup yesterday, but the Padres social media team, I guess, never got that memo from the Padres from like Bob Melvin or front office people, whoever gives them the lineup. So that's why he was scratched yesterday. So it's not a big deal. He had a hit today. He played right field today. So all is well on that front. Uh, Brent Honeywell, four innings of work today. He started. I thought it was going to be Julio Tehran starting, but it was Honeywell. Four innings, three earned runs, a walk, seven strikeouts, three hits allowed, gave up two home runs. Two of those three hits, home runs. So it was kind of like feast or famine, right? Strikeout or home run. There were a lot of swings and misses. Three strikeouts in the first inning. He had a strikeout in the second inning, a strikeout in the third inning. And then he had two more strikeouts after that. That breaking ball that he has, it was working pretty well. But the long ball is a little bit of a concern. Same with Tehran. Like, that's what happened with him today. That was the common theme. Like, Tehran and Honeywell, when they weren't giving up a home run, they were pitching pretty well. But obviously, you give up home runs, those still count as runs. And Tehran, right now, I'm kind of surprised to say this, right now, I'm saying that Honeywell has a better chance to make the roster than Julio Tehran. I think he could pitch out of the bullpen. I'm not saying Tehran couldn't. He came in after Honeywell did today. But uh, I think Honeywell's pitching better right now. But I guess really what matters is how do these guys do for the last two and a half weeks, last three weeks of spring training, right? Are they going to remember this start? Or are they going to remember their next three appearances, their last like three, four appearances of spring training? And then weigh those more heavily than these outings because that's closer to the season. And they've gotten more time under their belt and probably gotten more comfortable in the organization and blah, 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 uh, gotten more built up, right? So I don't know how heavily the Padres front office, the Padres coaching staff is weighing Honeywell and Tehran right now. Like how much are they weighing these outings? But Tehran, the last two outings, he has struggled. Seven innings, eight earned runs, 11 hits, but he has nine strikeouts in those seven innings. So. He is able to strike out guys. I think it's the two, it's either the two seamer or the changeup. That's that was really working early on in spring training for him. Obviously, Honeywell has the breaking ball, which I thought was working pretty well today. Has the 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 screwball, I think. Like that's his big pitch that was generating him a lot of success. Uh was striking out like Vlad Jr. in the futures game years back. And like I've said on the show before, like the main issue with Honeywell is not his stuff. It's, it's about if he can stay on the field. So if he can stay on the field, he's going to impact this Padres team at some point this year, assuming that he doesn't uh, go to waivers and another team picks him up. But I really like Brent Honeywell. I like I like the addition when it was made. I thought it was a low-risk move. How can you not uh, like the move? Or like There was no reason to not like the move. 
bringing in Honeywell, like just totally low risk. Same thing with Tehran. Uh, but I believe Tehran, he can just opt out if he doesn't make the team. Honeywell, he'd go through waivers. He could still end up back with the Padres if no one claimed him. But with the spring that he's having, I, I feel like someone would take that chance on Honeywell. And I don't think the Padres want to get rid of Brent. So right now, if, if they might want to carry Jay Groom over Honeywell, over Tehran, but Groom does, he can just go back to the minor leagues and it's not like another team will pick him up or he'll opt out. Like he can't do that. He's not in Tehran's position on this invite to spring training deal. He's on still his, his, his Red Sox contract that was traded over to the Padres in the Hosmer deal. So there's, there's a lot of different things that the Padres are going to have to be thinking about here when they're making this decision on which pitchers, which depth guys are going to make the roster. And how many are going to make the roster? Is Joe, because if he wants to pitch the seventh game of the season, and the update on him is that he threw a bullpen today, and then I believe either today or tomorrow he's coming back here to San Diego to get uh, his mechanics checked at the place that uh, the Padres pitching staff threw at. Might be Point Loma Nazarene, I'm not sure. But like biomechanics, making sure that he's not compensating other places because of the fracture in the toe. Uh, so he's going to get that checked out and just continuing to progress. That's the update on Joe. If Joe wants to pitch the seventh game of the season, he can't go on the IL to start the year because the IL is 10 days. He doesn't have 10 days. So that takes up a roster spot that you're not going to be using for the first six games of the season. So you'd probably rather have Chris Matt on the roster as a long guy, and you probably want someone that you're comfortable going four or five innings with, if needed. And you can take Morhone's name off the list now. And so I think it comes down to Groom. It comes down to Honeywell and Tehran. I, I like what I'm seeing out of Ryan Weathers. I just don't know if the Padres are ready to have him just go be on the opening day roster again. I think they want to see a bigger sample size from Ryan Weathers before they put him on the roster. Because he doesn't have to be on the big league roster. He's not, he doesn't, he's not in the Tehran position. He's not going to, he can't opt out if he doesn't make the team and then go sign somewhere else. So I think that will hurt Weathers, but he's going to, I think no doubt he's going to help this team at some point this year, as long as he's healthy. Uh, some other updates, Pomerantz, Sim game coming on Thursday, and then the next step, if that's successful, he'll then go, I believe, and go into the Cactus League games and start facing batters in games. Uh, Morahone, he's going to have that, he's going to have that MRI. Uh, after exiting with that injury the other day, just above the elbow. So that's not good news. Uh, usually when Morahone's going for an MRI, like you, you see those two words connected, and it's like, oh, well, he's probably going to be out for a good amount of time. He, him and probably Pomerantz, those are like two guys that I'm not going to sit here and guarantee or hope that they're going to, let me rephrase that. I hope that Pomerantz, I hope Morahone can help the Padres, but I'm not going to sit here and 
just like bank on those guys providing like high leverage, really quality impact innings for the Padres at all in 2023. I think Pomerantz can make the opening day roster. If I were to project the opening day roster right now, whoa, 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 remix, hang on. If I were to project the opening day roster right now, I'd probably have Pomerantz on the roster, but I'm still not banking on him being healthy for the majority of the year. Maybe he's healthy to start the year, but he's got to show that to us, right, to Padres fans, to the front office, to the coaching staff, that he can be healthy for this Padres team to trust him in those seven, eight, ninth inning spots, right? Um, so whatever we get out of Pomerantz this year, I'm probably going to just be happy with. I don't have huge expectations for him. And then more hone, I mean, I don't even know if I have expectations because I'm, ex- I'm expecting him to miss a-, a good amount of time after the news that he walks off with the trainer after giving up four runs in that inning the other day and the issue is near the elbow. Like, that, that's just not news that you want to hear. Uh, another update, Luis Camposano, he, according to Bomel, is expected to play in spring training game, in the spring training game on Wednesday. He's been dealing with a, a hamstring issue. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but he's also not playing. He's not getting the reps, right, that Nola's getting right now. So he's probably a little bit more behind than he wanted or the Padres wanted at this point in spring training. I don't know if he's taking backfield at-bats and he's getting his work in that way and they just don't want him playing in Cactus League games now, kind of just working up to getting back to the Cactus League games. But this does set him a little bit behind. Not behind like he's going to not make the roster, but just behind at-bat-wise probably and just reps behind the plate. Like He needs those reps, I think, behind the plate. I don't expect him to be the starting catcher this year Nola's the starting catcher. Campy's going to have to go take that from Austin. But I I want him to catch more than he did last year. I want him to catch the most games that he's caught in the big league so far in his career. I mean, that's not a very high bar either. What's the most games Campy caught in the big leagues in his career? It's got to be like less than 20, right? Yeah, 16 games last year. 16, I don't even know if all of those were catching. But yeah, he appeared in 16 games last year and 11 games in 2021. Like, it's time for him to get some consistent playing time. Well, I shouldn't say it's time for him to get consistent playing time because he's got to earn it. It's time for him to start earning that consistent playing time. Because I like Austin and him, how he works with the pitching staff and the pitching staff is comfortable with him. And with the lineup the Padres have, I'm fine with Austin catching every day and if the postseason comes around and it's still him as the starting catcher i'm gonna be i'll be fine with that because of the lineup i want the pitchers to be most comfortable but i want at some point this season for campy to be the starting catcher because i think there's higher potential there than austin nola obviously um no catcher i think i was reading this from kevin was it kevin i think it was kevin ac earlier today or maybe it was last night. I have no, I, f- I totally forget when I was reading this. But it was something about how the Padres, they have not had a catcher have consecutive two-plus war seasons since, like, the early 2000s. It's been a long time. So, and I don't really see that happening this year. But 
it's got to happen in these next couple of years. Like I, I want a consistent catcher that can produce offensively and can be solid behind the plate. I think Nola's pretty solid behind the plate. You'd like him to throw out runners, but behind the plate, I think he's solid in the other aspects. Uh, but hitting, he's not one of the best hitting catchers in baseball, right? I want, I want the package. I want that whole package. And Campy's got work to do to, to get to that kind of whole package, right? Have the entire package, if you get what I'm saying there. Uh, but I think he can do it. But just getting back to this, he's got some time off here. And so uh, before he, you know, he comes back Wednesday, he's had time off. So that, that's setting him a little bit behind. That's all. All right. So let's get to the World Baseball Classic from today, huh? Dominican, Team Korea. We'll get to that here. But first... Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right, so Hassan Kim and Team Korea scored 22 runs this morning, and they're headed home. They won 22-2 over China. China, I think, went 0-4 in their pool play. So they're going to be relegated. So they have to now qualify for the next WBC, which I believe is in 2026. But yeah, Team Korea, they went 2-2 two and two in the tournament. Ha Sung Kim, he had a grand slam in this game that they scored 22 runs. And that, by the way, they scored 22 runs in this game. It was a five-inning game because of the mercy rule. Five innings. 22 runs. And that's a team that's not moving on. Two and two. Well, they, they got smacked by Japan. And they lost a game that they should have won to, uh, against Australia in their first game. So it is Korea's fault. I mean, they, they had that chance. They had that, that game against Australia. Had the chances there. Would have been three and one with the win over Australia. And they would have moved on with Japan. But they didn't capitalize. Hassan Kim was part of that not capitalizing, by the way. In this tournament, like, you look at the numbers. Hassan Kim, I posted this earlier today. The OPS was over 1,000. It looked like, if you just look at the OPS, you look at the home runs, it looked like he had an amazing uh, World Baseball Classic, this pool play, these four games. But you look at the at-bats, he finished three for 16. Now, I know some of them he got robbed. The first at-bat was a line drive in the gap, and it was caught. Uh, Lars Newport, amazing catch in the Japan game. Yeah, I was watching that at like four in the morning. because um, so I, I really wanted to see Darvish against Kim and Otani. Love watching Otani in this Japan environment. It's so cool. Uh, but yeah, I know he was robbed a few times, but three for 16, and you're supposed to be like the star player for Korea in that lineup with Tommy Edmond, that's not good enough. And he'll he'll probably, he, he, he's probably admitted that to Korean media or whoever's covering that there in the WBC. Um, some of the home runs, they were hit off like 68 mile per hour pitches because he's facing guys that are like uh, electricians in their day job. Uh, so I'm not taking too much into Kim's home runs that he's hitting. But it was good to see that. It was cool to, to you know, wake up sometimes and seeing Kim hit a bomb. It's like, oh, okay, that's cool. 
and you look at the score, oh, 22 runs, but then they're not advancing. I'm glad that they finished off good with that big win there. Uh, and I'm, yeah, it stinks that Kim's not moving on, but it also doesn't stink at the same time because I'm a Padres fan. Like, as much as I want to see some of these players succeed in the WBC, I'm really rooting for Team USA, obviously, as you can see from my hat. And I'm rooting for DR in their pool. And as long as they're not playing Team USA, I'll root for DR because of Manny and Soto and Garcia and Cruz. Uh, but, like, I care most about the Padres. And so Netherlands, yeah, it was cool seeing Bogarts hit home runs and all that. But to have him be back at Peoria, I think, on Wednesday and, and play that game, he'll probably, he's probably playing on Wednesday, have Hassan Kim be back in Peoria, and they get to spend more time with each other as double play partners. And Crony's going to be there too, obviously, because he wasn't in the WBC. He would have made some of those plays, by the way, behind Nick Martinez last night. I mean, that was terrible defense. Anyway, just getting more, Bogart's getting more time around teammates. Kim being there and not going all out in these Team Korea games, right, in the WBC. Like, as a Padres fan, I feel a little bit better about those, those players being back in Peoria instead of playing in the WBC for however much longer they would have played for. Because now in the quarterfinals, after pool play, it's one and done. So who knows? They could have went all the way or could have just been bounced in the quarters. Who knows? Uh, but I think Bogarts and Kim would tell you that they had probably a little bit disappointing pool play WBC uh, experiences. Disappointing play in the in the pool play. Like they would probably tell you that, yeah, I, I, I probably should have played better. When my country is counting on me that much, I am a star, both of them. Kim for Korea and Bogarts for Netherlands. I'm a star. I got to step up. I got to perform more. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And hopefully they'll step up during the regular season. It's a long season. I think they will. I think Hassan Kim's only going to continue getting better. Bogarts, he made some really good plays defensively for Netherlands at shortstop, and he got better defensively at shortstop last year for the Red Sox. And, yeah, he's not going to hit 30 home runs probably, but he's one of the better just pure hitting shortstops in baseball. And I'd love, I'm going to, 
I feel like I'm really going to love Xander by the end of this season. Just him going to be able, hopefully, stay healthy, be able to post like Crony and Manny. And I, I have a lot of respect for those, those players that are able to do that and just provide consistency. Crony, I know last year, kind of got outside of his swing, was trying to lift the ball a little bit too much, at least in my opinion. And hopefully he gets more back to a line drive swing. I think Crony and Xander, I know Crony's a lefty, Xander's a righty, but I think both guys have that line drive swing. When they're at their best, they're spraying the ball over the, all over the field, line drives, and having those guys hit behind Tatis, Soto, and Manny for most of the year, hopefully, uh, that just makes me smile. That, that makes me smile. Just wanted to hit on those two guys. Now, with Team DR, they were able to get their first win today against Nicaragua. Say that five times fast. I always, like, that gets me. Whenever I try to say Nicaragua fast, it gets me. I end up saying, like, Nicaragua, like something. I, I just can't get it out. But uh, DR, they got the win, 6-1 to one today. Huge, huge. Days from Juan Soto and Manny Machado. Cruz, I don't think he's gotten an at-bat yet. Luis Garcia, he pitched an inning and uh, did not give up a run, or inning and a third, I should say. He got the last out on one pitch in the eighth. I think it was a grounder to Manny at third. And then in the, the first full inning that he pitched today, in the ninth inning, he closed it out, one, two, three inning, had a couple strikeouts in that inning, so he's looking good. And then Manny and Soto. So Manny, in the first game that DR played against Venezuela, he was a little off. Like, didn't have a very big impact. I don't think he had any hits in that game. But he made up for it today. I mean, the DR, they had their backs against the wall going in. You can't go down 0-2. You can't be losing to Nicaragua. And be 0-2. Because then you're not really controlling things with Puerto Rico and Venezuela in that pool. But... DR, they were able to take control of this game early, and they never relented, really. Kind of felt like the Puerto Rico game yesterday, Venezuela over Puerto Rico. I know Puerto Rico came back a little bit, but you always felt Venezuela had control of that game from pretty much the get-go, uh, and that, that was DR today against Nicaragua. Um, Manny, first two at-bats, he had warning track flyouts that would have been home runs at Petco Park. So in that game, when you saw that, I was like, all right, he's swinging the bat well, watch out. And then sure enough, I think a couple at-bats later, I think it was his fourth at-bat, I think the third at-bat he flew out to center, but fourth at-bat, hits a bomb to right field, Oppo, Oppo Taco, and then his last at-bat, he doubles down the left field line. I think that ball went off the wall. That might have been a home run at Petco. I'm not sure. But let's say it wasn't a home run. But this game was being played at Petco. He would have had a three-home run day with a double as well. And then you go look at Juan Soto, and that guy scored three runs today. He singles in his first at-bat. He walks and then scores. I think that was his next at-bat. And then he hits a bomb to right field in the, into the second deck. That ball was crushed. It's up on YouTube as a YouTube short. It's on social media as well at Talking Friars if you missed it. If you missed the, the Manny bombs or the Manny double, uh, go check it out. 
I think I think I posted the Soto walk as well. Um, but tremendous games from them. This, that's the first time this year, right, where we've seen both of them have like amazing games. And I know it's spring training, so they they had limited at bats, but it was really cool to see that potential. Uh, Soto for a full year in San Diego for the first time because obviously he came over last year before the trade deadline, and he was not really Juan Soto. But it seems like he's really Juan Soto right now, and that is a great sign for Padres fans. You look at the first game against Venezuela, double into the gap, and then he had a double down the line. And then today, home run, he had a lot. I want to mention this. I know the single in the first, the home run, but he lined out the first. That ball was smashed. It just happened to be the first baseman was right there, and it ended up being a double play because the runner was already coming off first because he thought that ball was probably down the line, and he had no choice. Even if he didn't move, he would have been out because the momentum just took the first baseman right to the first base back, and there was the inning-ending double play. But he smashed that ball too. So he is hitting the ball hard, it seems like, in every at-bat. He did strike out once today, but like when you have that great of a day, who cares if you strike out, really? Who, who cares? Uh, but just tremendous day from Soto and Manny. And that's just two guys in the Padres lineup. That's just two. Imagine, when, imagine if Tatis was playing in that game for DR. And you had Tatis, Soto, and Manny having huge games. That wouldn't have just been 6-1. That would have been like 8-9-1 to one probably, right? Like, that's what that could be for the Padres many times this year. So these DR games, I'm enjoying these games because this is. I feel like this is a little bit of a preview of what's to come. It's not just Manny and Soto like we saw today, right? Because Crony's behind them. Matt Carpenter, Nelson Cruz, Hassan Kim, who is leading the World Baseball Classic in home runs with three. Had a grand slam, and then he had two home runs the other night. I mean, Grisham, with the home run potential he has, the power potential he has, he's not going to have a worse year than he did last year. Enjoy this. Enjoy this season, Padres fans. Enjoy every moment of this. Enjoy spring training and seeing all these names. Like, I know we want the season to get here, but I'm trying to soak up every moment I can with this. So, a great win by DR. And now, I believe their next game is against Israel tomorrow. Let me double-check that. Yeah, tomorrow, it's the primetime game on the East Coast. So, 4 p.m. Pacific time here on FS1. And then on Wednesday, they close out their pool play against Puerto Rico. That game, assuming Puerto Rico wins their next two games, they're playing right now as I'm talking. Uh, so if you're listening on the podcast platforms or replay on YouTube, you can go look at the Puerto Rico score. Or they're up 6 nothing on Israel right now. So let's say they win that game. They're able to win their next game. Then let's say DR's 3-1 as well. That will decide who probably moves on out of that pool. It would be like a Game 7 type thing there. like Or a knockout round game. Like It would be like a, an, another quarterfinal game just in pool play where it's DR Puerto Rico, the winner goes into the quarterfinals as probably the two seed with Venezuela as the one, or the, finishing second in the pool. And then the loser goes home. And that's a really good team that is going to have to go home. That's three really good teams in that pool. DR, 
Puerto Rico and Venezuela, and one of them isn't even going to advance. While you're looking at the left side of the bracket and you have Italy and Cuba advancing in one pool. And it's like, uh, I, th I think Puerto Rico or DR, whoever doesn't advance, they're better than both of those teams. But that's just the way it, it turned out, right? The fans are going to be, you know, it was in Miami. The location's Miami. So it makes sense for Venezuela, DR, Puerto Rico to be playing in Miami in the first round. So I'm not saying like, oh, the WBC should have stuck DR in Japan or stuck them in Chinese Taipei. Uh, but if we wanted the best matchups like later, then, and, and it wasn't just based on location, then the WBC, whoever puts the, the bracket together, they probably would not have had Venezuela, Puerto Rico, and DR all in the same group, all in the same pool. They would, have, they would have spread that out. But that's how it is, and we get these good matchups guaranteed. Like, upsets happen, so maybe if uh, these, the, the bracket was more spread out, then maybe we don't even get these matchups because they don't meet because one team loses in pool play and doesn't make it out against a Chinese Taipei or someone like that. Or Chinese Taipei finished last in their pool, but you get what I'm saying. They were two and two, finished last. Another, the two teams, two other teams who were two and two, they advanced. Chinese Taipei got, I think, relegated. So now they have to go qualify again after having, I, th I thought, a, a pretty decent showing uh, as the, one of the host countries in this WBC. Uh, but yeah, just again, a quick recap Soto, Manny, Garcia today, four team DR. Soto, three runs scored, a home run to right, bullets left and right, Manny. Two warning track flyouts, a bomb, and a double. Uh, I did want to, Garcia, inning in a third, no runs, two strikeouts. I did want to mention that there's a little bit of a confusing thing going on here with Juan Soto and DR, the Padres, communication, because there was a report out by Bob Nightingale earlier, I think it was today, that said that the DR manager told the media or told Nightingale that Juan Soto has had limits put on him, like restrictions put on him by the Padres. Like he's not, he can't play back-to-back -back days. But then Kevin Acey asked Bob Melvin earlier today in the media scrum that same thing, and Bob Melvin said, no, we don't have any restrictions. And he pretty much said, yeah, if he has to play three straight games, yeah, he'll play three straight games. The calf looks good. I mean, he was sprinting around the bases today, early in the game. So I, I want to believe Bob Melvin over Bob Nightingale. Uh, but there is conflicting reports there. Is, is there miscommunication? Is the manager, did they not hear from the Padres directly? And it was just him hearing from Nelson Cruz and how Nelson Cruz uh Maybe this was a conversation that he had with Nelson Cruz before Soto got there, and Cruz was just sharing like some preliminary discussions, options on how maybe they might do it if Soto did jo join Team DR and the calf wasn't 100%. But the calf seems like is 100%. So the Padres, they're saying, no, there's no restrictions on him, but maybe there's just, again, miscommunication on someone's side of things there.
I don't think that's something for like Padres fans to really care a whole lot about, but it was something interesting that I did see today that I at least wanted to mention. Flygod97 says the way Soto has been playing in the WBC and spring training, he could possibly win MVP. Yeah, I mean, he's the favorite to win the National League MVP. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, possibly MVP. His swing looked really good right now. It seems like he's like the hottest hitter on the planet right now. Every ball that he hits fair, it seems like he is crushing. He might be out, but he's hitting all of them hard. Devin says, I know this isn't important, but have you seen Shamanai's player profile picture? Uh, no, I have not. That makes me interested now. Sean Manaya on MLB.com. He does he does kind of have a weird look. Yeah. If if you look it up on MLB.com, kind of with the eyebrows. Yeah, I, I could I can see that. For some reason, MLB.com, sometimes the, the photos that they provide there from photo day, it's like their serious face. Like, why can't they just show them smiling? Devin says, Soto and Manny homering was a nice sight to see. Can't wait to see them hitting more bombs, not booms, more bombs in Padres unis. I agree. Christopher Wright, Groom is the best sixth, seventh guy. That's what it seems like. I would tend to agree with that right now. Uh, but Jay Groom doesn't have to make the roster for the Padres to keep him. They can just send him to the minor leagues, where Tehran, he'd probably just go elsewhere if he doesn't make the roster. Honeywell would be open to waiver. He'd be expendable. Like He'd have to go through waivers first. And I, I, I'd be surprised if he gets through waivers, if he were to go to waivers. Because he's pitching well, and, and teams teams are looking at him. They're not just looking at their team's guys. They're 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 looking at other pitchers as well. Uh, Devin, you're commenting on the USA Mexico game yesterday. Martinez looked really good, despite giving up the homer to Manessis. Excluding Martinez, the rest of the USA team looked flat and lacked excitement. Yeah, if you compare Team USA to Venezuela or the DR from earlier this morning, or to Team Japan, or just the crowd, the atmosphere. The guys behind the plate, those fans, they're probably drunk, but those fans that were, well, they were, I mean, they were, they were drinking out of shoes, and, but the, they, they had great uh, energy. The, the strikeout calls that were, they were doing behind the plate, that was hilarious. And that was like the most entertaining part about the end of the game because it wasn't close. But yeah, like it seems like the crowd is pretty flat, even when Team USA was winning. It's just not the same. Team USA fans, I guess, for baseball, it's just different than fan than Venezuela, Puerto Rico, Dominican. It's it's just different than those fans. I wish we were more like those fans. I'm not saying like we have to be having trumpets and drums and all that, but just be more consistently engaged in it. Like be louder, you know. It didn't feel like that. It didn't feel like a very great atmosphere there at Chase Field from 
from watching on TV. Uh, I'm obviously not there, but that's just my observation. And look, I think it's clear that Team USA, just as a whole, they, they don't care as much about this as other countries do. You have Juan Soto before the tournament saying, yeah, I'll hit ninth if that means that I can be on Team DR. I just want to help the team. I want to be on this team so much, so bad. And I know Team USA has a lot of good talent in the lineup, but you can't say that about the pitching staff. I mean, think about this. Team Japan, they got their ace, Shohei Otani. They got their two aces, Otani and Darvish. Otani's on a walk here, and he's still doing this. Risking injury, right? Darvish, going to be the ace, one of the aces for a World Series contender, risking injury because he's doing this. Dominican Republic, they got Sandy Alcantara. They got Christian Javier, the Marlins ace and the Astros ace. Doing it, risking injury. You got Puerto Rico having Stroman come over and play for Puerto Rico and have Jose Barrios. Team USA, you got Brady Singer in there getting lit up. And you had Jacob deGrom and Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander. All the best pitchers, all the best American pitchers, they said no. Who is the best American pitcher? Relievers, they, they have a pretty good relief group. I'll say that. They have a pretty good relief group. Devin Williams um, and Ryan Presley, like those are two of the better relievers in baseball. But starting pitching-wise, all of these big countries, Venezuela got Pablo Lopez to go do it. He's probably Minnesota's ace this year. Like The other countries are getting their star pitchers to come pitch. Team USA is not. And it seems like other teams' countries are way more invested in this than Team USA fans that are at least at the ballpark. I'm super invested in it. I'm watching all the games. I, I freaking love the WBC. Uh, but it just doesn't seem like there's that same passion on the U.S. side of things as other countries. And it shows. And I wonder if in future events you're going to get lesser talented position players to be doing this. You're not going to get Trout maybe next time or Betts next time or Goldschmidt, Arenado next time because they're like, well, we're, we're, we were giving our commitment, but the starting pitching's not giving their commitment. Like, until the starting pitchers come and play and really care about having our best group of players come play in this tournament, why should we? You know, and there's some fans that have the opinion of, well, I'm just going to go root for the Dominican Republic. Because Team USA, they're not putting their best talent out there. And it doesn't seem like USA cares as much as other countries. The players on the field do. I'm not saying they don't. I'm not saying Mark DeRosa and Ken Griffey Jr. and Andy Pettit, the coaching staff. I'm not saying that the people that are on Team USA don't care. I'm just saying the people around it, the fans, the players that could have played for it but elected not to. That's the difference. And that, that does kind of irritate me because I love this tournament and I care about what Team USA does in this tournament. Um, and it sucks that other countries are putting their best foot forward and Team USA is not.
I know that's not really a Padres thing, but I know, and I kind of went off on that tangent, but that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, Devin says, I would like the Padres to acquire Manessis if they can. I mean, his home runs gave me flashbacks to that bomb he hit off Josh Hader. I was at that game in uh, in San Diego against Washington. And that was in the middle of Hader collapsing with the Padres at that start of when he got to the Padres. And I think that was Manessis, his first home run in the big leagues. And he smashed it, meatball by Hader. And it was like, oh, gosh. And it just kept going downhill. Kept going downhill. But then Hader found it. So all was well. Devin says, I feel like the U.S. puts more energy on American football and basketball because both sports are more player-driven focused. I mean, those are, I mean, I don't know. I think, I think, look, I think American football and basketball, they're more popular than baseball. And I understand that. Like, baseball's not going to get to the level of popularity as the NFL or college football even probably. I understand that, but they could get to another level. They could get to a higher level level than where it is right now. I just don't think that there's enough. So fly. Okay. So fly God nine seven was at the Mexico USA game and says the energy was crazy. Did you feel like the energy was crazy? on the U.S. side of things, or did you think it was crazy because the Mexico fans were going nuts because they were upsetting U.S.? And those the, the Mexico fans were the ones really bringing it. At the beginning of the game, I guess the announcers, Jason Bonetti was really playing it up, like the crowd was great and all that, and U, USA and Mexico fans, a lot of both. But as that game went on, it, it was clear that there was like no energy for USA in that stadium. Puerto Rico was down seven the other day, and their fans were chanting, and they were so loud. It was like they were within one run of Venezuela the other day. That's not what's happening at Chase Field. Yeah, see? Okay, good. That's what I thought. Flygon97 says the Mexico fans were really bringing all the energy. Yeah. Again, the players, like Nick Martinez, he really cares about this. I know he does. I love Nick Martinez doing this and pitching for Team USA. It was cool seeing him out on the mound the other day, yesterday. I gave my thoughts on his outing, by the way, in the last episode, episode 362, which I thank you all for being there live, whoever was there watching live on youtube at midnight last night when i was doing that uh I, I love the players that are committing to do this i love that mike trout finally did this and mookie is doing it and the good u.s players are back but to the max scherzers of the world and justin verlander and max freed i think he's probably eligible and who else corbin burns guys like that that were like no nah, i'm good other nations get their best talent, all of it, to come participate. The U.S. doesn't do that, and it's disappointing. So that's my thoughts on that. 
the good news for USA, and I'll have more on that on my MLB YouTube channel, Baseball Struck. I encourage you to go subscribe to that for daily baseball MLB content, definitely daily World Baseball Classic reaction. Uh, I mean, the good news for USA after the loss was that Columbia lost today. So it's in Team USA's hands. If they win out, they can advance to the quarterfinals, which that is the, that's not even the bar. Like the bar was probably the semis, but if you don't get out of pool play, like that is an absolute failure. That's a failure. I mean, they have Columbia, their last game. They have Canada tonight at seven. Those are two good teams. But if you can't advance out of pool play when you were the second second in the, the betting, right, to, to, to win the World Baseball Classic with all that talent on the team, I say that the best players aren't participating, like the pitchers, but there's still so much talent in that lineup. There's no excuse. You have to make it out of pool play. And so the good news, Columbia lost to Great Britain which was obviously an upset. And so now, if USA beats Canada, Canada will have a loss, at least one loss. And Colombia will have a loss. If USA beats Colombia, they'll have two losses because they've already lost one. So that will get them in. They'll have the head-to-head over Canada. And if they went out, it would probably be Mexico and the United States advancing. Um, and U.S., if they're the two, then they might play, what, Venezuela? At least that's what it looks like right now. But, yeah, there's a lot of pressure to win this game tonight on Team USA. So that's at seven. Is there any other Padres topics that you want me to get to? Any questions that you guys have about the Padres? Get those questions, comments in, and I'll get to those here in a moment. But first... I want to tell you about the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. It's Underdog Fantasy. They have great pick'em games and best ball tournaments. In pick'up games, just pick higher or lower on two to five players' stats, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. You can go cross-team, cross-league, and even cross-sport. Best ball revolves around the draft, which is what every fan loves the most about fantasy and it eliminates the hassle of having to manage your roster all season long, resulting in a fun and easy fantasy product. How does it work exactly? You enter a contest where you participate in a snake draft against other users. That lineup that you drafted competes against every other draft in the entire contest. The better the combined performance of your team, the more money you win. After your lineup is all played, Underdog will take the best-performing players and automatically set them as your starting lineup. That's it. No waivers, no trades, no worrying about who to start or sit. After you complete your draft, your part is done. Underdog Fantasy offers best ball in a variety of ways, including daily contests, weekly contests, playoff contests, and season-long contests. You can either enter into these and compete against thousands of other entrants for huge prizes, Or, if you'd like, you can enter into a private draft with friends and family to compete for a smaller prize pool. Underdog keeps it super simple with their easy-to-use website and mobile apps. Sign up now by clicking the link in the description or by using the promo code TALKINGFRIERS 
and you'll double your first deposit up to $100 in bonus cash when you make your first deposit of $10 or more. So if you deposit $100, you get $100 free. If you deposit $10, you get $10 free. All right. So, again, if you want to sign up for Underdog Fantasy, great. Great spot uh, for some fun fantasy contests. Baseball, WBC pick them that they have. You can make entries on that, higher or lower. Uh, I have not had great success with that over the past few days. Mike Trout has not done a whole lot for me there. Uh, but you can try to play. Uh, there's going to be March Madness stuff as well. Um, so you can sign up for that in the comments, in the live chat. It is pinned up at the top. Or I think it's pinned. Did I pin it? I think I pinned it in the chat. Uh, sign up using that link to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. So like I said there in that ad, if you deposit $10, you get $20. $10 free. They'll match it up to $100. And there's a ton of contests on there. There's best ball tournaments with drafts and all that. Uh, so have some fun with that. Um, Devin here says Bauer signs with the team in Japan. Yeah, quick reaction to that. I'm not surprised no big league team signed him. The Padres were never going to sign him. This wasn't going to happen. He's a headache. There's no reason to sign him when they have this much depth on the pitching staff. And even before they had the depth, they could just go get the depth with people that weren't going to be as much of a headache as Trevor Bauer and going to have all that attention, right? The, the focus needs to be on winning, not on Trevor Bauer, right? So he goes to Japan. We'll see how he does in Japan. Um, I can't sit here right now and say that I expect him to be back in big league baseball. I'm just glad no team initially signed him. That's what I'll say on that. All right. Episode 363, Talking Friars. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in here. Podcast platforms, YouTube, live or on replay. I appreciate it. Go Padres. Have a great night. See ya.